0: Has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and it's touchdown. This time going deep for
3: Beckham Jr., going catch it, he's in. Hello and welcome back to Rotovis Overtime on Rotovis Radio, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotovis Radio. Uh, one of the the best minds in the fantasy football industry, and Sean, we just uh, briefly touched on it before we started recording. But uh, I thought this past week's NFL action was one of the the more fun of the season so far. There was like there was just. Touchdowns uh, going and everywhere, lots of uh, high fantasy points totals, and probably uh, helped as well by the fact that the teams and the players that were kind of written for in terms of uh, how our fantasy seasons will go all had pretty pretty positive weeks, and some of those uh, late roster decisions we were making uh, helped us uh, over the line, and, and some of our joint teams, but uh, individually as well, quite a successful week for me. So I am hoping uh, I am hoping it was a successful week for for Sean Siegel as well.
1: Yeah, it was a, a fun one, and you mentioned the high scores. This has been a very interesting fantasy season from the perspective of a lot of scoring, at the same time, a lot of injuries, and so you, any individual week, a team's fortunes can change a great deal. We know that that's always the case, but this week, this season, it's definitely been happening week after week after week, and you can get a big advantage you can pull a big gap back in scoring or you can lose a lot of ground very quickly when you add an injury early on the bye weeks trying to deal with bye weeks while you're also dealing with injuries there are so many running back injuries this season and then on top of that we have a lot of high profile wide receiver injuries so while the, the running back to, position has really been decimated. The wide receivers have lost a lot of their top guys and and even if it's only for stretches, we're going to talk in the show about DeVonte Adams and the extraordinary season that he's having. Obviously his owners would be uh, much more happy with how things are going. If you've been available for a couple more of those games. But yeah, week 7, the Cardinals Seahawks, I think a, a great way to finish there on Sunday night with that overtime game, a huge number of fantasy points put up if you're playing against some of those specific scores i know curtis and i in one of our teams in first place we had a team that had russell wilson and Devonte adams we did not pull out the victory there. But overall, it was a great week for our teams. The OT teams did well. I think now Curtis and I have a 7-0 and main event team and, and overall the four main events, a 20-8 and record. So definitely nothing to complain about in terms of how the fantasy is going. And hopefully those results are carrying over to a lot of our listeners since we're obviously drafting and playing the same guys that we've been talking about on the show that we've been recommending. So hopefully as we, we head in. To week eight here people are doing well
3: yeah and uh i guess uh a bit more positive uh, this this week for myself the the packers bouncing back to get a little bit back to where we were hoping they were going to be a couple of weeks ago obviously we'll just count that down as a that's a one-off down in tampa hopefully uh and and they continue to to march on but obviously uh the chief's doing well Uh, The Lions coming back with that late win. Some just like crazy finishes to games. You know, you mentioned the Cardinals game, that late field goal after the field goal was missed in regulation. Just so much things changing there. And I guess... uh, no fantasy element to it at all but let's give a shout out to dk metcalf for that uh, hustle to get back to to stop that pick six in the early in that seahawks game but lots of late finishes um obviously the browns as well so there's just a lot of exciting uh finishes to games which which made it a lot of fun but really enjoyable week but we're going to dive into some of the the thoughts of it um we're going to be talking a little bit uh more on thursday show and specific to the cardinals and we're going to talk a little bit about the Bengals. and that we have a, a question coming in on that one from Dave Cavan of the Fantasy uh, Flagship Show here on on Roto-Vis Radio along with Matt Freeman. So going to hold off on some of that talk until uh, a little bit later in the week but we are going to talk about one of the guys in that game who had a a real monster performance uh, this week and that was Tyler Lockett. So week in week out this season we've been kind of looking is it dk metcalf who's the number one in this offense is it Tyler lockett had the tide shifted had it moved towards metcalf but we've seen lockett have a few big big games this year and this year was just a, a monster monster performance 53 points from him at the second highest week seven score in the last 20 years and at that one only trailing Marshall Falk who had uh, fifty-four points back in two thousand and two, but just a, a really, really uh, impressive performance from him in terms of how this. Like, I think at this point, Sean, we should just say it's a, it's a one A and a one B. It's not a who's the number one, who's the number two. You're going to have weeks that Tyler Lockett puts up big points, not not to this level, but you're going to have big weeks from him. You're going to have big weeks from Metcalf. We almost seen Metcalf get that touchdown that was called back. So. I think the talk of who's the number one probably is late to rest. We'll just we'll say they're both number one. <laughs> or how are you looking at it now in Seattle?
1: You don't have to pick here. When we did the rest of season wide receiver rankings very early on in the season, both of those guys were in the top 10. And then Tyler Lockett had a, a couple of softer performances heading in to week seven. But you could see in the way that the Cardinals and the Cardinals have an above average pass defense. So this is a, another Example of Russell Wilson going in and tearing apart a team that had been holding players down. If you go in and look, and we we teased it on the show last week, it's up on the site now. It's truly extraordinary. If you go in and look at the GPS matchup tool, which allows you to look at wide receivers by their zone, by their frequency of target, and how that plays into the opposing defense and what the opposing defense does in those zones you could see that the cardinals were anticipated to hold down lockett and metcalf to an extent now not completely but just again they're a slightly above average pass defense metcalf was held down obviously he had the touchdown called back at the end that would have changed that a little bit but in any given week you're going to have some huge scores from the seattle seahawks we're going to talk on thursday about some of the best offenses to play at the receiver position for multiple players And the Seahawks right now are number one in PPR to the wide receiver position behind those two guys. They're also number one in fantasy points over expectation because the volume, even with all the talk about the change in the offense, the volume is still not at the level of some of these other passing teams. And so you're really relying on these insane efficiency levels from Wilson to his main targets. And we saw that again on Sunday night and like you mentioned the second best fantasy score in week seven in the last 20 years and when you put up 53 points it's almost a surprise that was number wasn't number one I loaded up the road screener you can do all kinds of things splitting for all different types of situations in the screener and to go back and and look at these PPR scores uh, just uh, kind of crazy to think of Marshall Falk we know that in that 2000 to 2002 range he was putting up crazy points to have a 54 point game as part of that uh, really fits with what we remember those days. It might be a little bit more of a surprise to learn that Kenny Britt in 2010 had a 47 point game. Arian Foster in 2011 had a 46 point game. Darren McFadden who had a disappointing career, but did have the one good season put up a 45 point game in 2010. Roddy White, a 45 point game priest Holmes, a 45 point game against some expected people there. And then the other monster performance from the weekend, Devontae Adams, 2020, 44.6 points, the eighth best score in Week 7 in the last 20 years. And again, I'm surprised it actually didn't go a little bit higher in that list. Column you're a huge Green Bay fan and really our Green Bay Packers expert. Tell us a little bit about what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are doing this season and why it has been so successful.
3: Uh, I've said this on a couple of occasions, and I don't know if I've said it on on our show, but like we all talk, like Jordy Nelson was well-known to be Aaron Rodgers' best wide receiver for many years, and I I put it out at the start of the season that I thought that Adams had far surpassed that. But if we look at what the two of them are doing at the moment, just in terms of like, you, you cannot really defend against Devontae adams if it's any sort of a uh, underneath right and um, then if he's in in the slot and it's an outbreaking right it's very hard to defend against that obviously we've seen a pick six on a right to Devontae adams uh against the against the buccaneers but those don't happen too often from rogers but when you have the two of them on the same page like there is a, a lack of other wide receiver talent around Devontae adams but it doesn't really matter and what that also leads to is to the volume of uh, pass attempts that he gets like there's usually we'll see wide receivers you know get if they're getting 12 to 15 targets a week they're probably going to catch eight of those like with Adams and Rogers there's very very high percentage completion on a lot of them and the other thing that Adams is so good at and you know you can see this with Lockett as well and his kind of play we've seen it with Antonio Brown over the years where they can get so much separation off the line of scrimmage that those passes then, even if they are 15 yards down the field, like that touchdown that Adams caught this week, he had so much separation. I know it's a bit of a busted coverage, but that happens time and time again based on his route running. Uh, I've said a few times about like, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL I'll put it out there now and there's no doubt about this Devontae Adams is my favorite wide receiver in the NFL whether he's the best or not but I think like there's very few players on that level with Adams I'd probably put Hopkins in there Michael Thomas when he's healthy is in there like there's a couple of guys then who have flashes where they jump up to that level but like, this is the second game this season that he's had, I think he had 13 receptions this past week. It's the second time this season that he's actually equaled the Green Bay receiving <laughs> record in a single game. And at some point, I'm sure he's going to break that record, but he's just so smooth in those routes. He's so hard to cover, and then Rogers has such a, a good target rapport with him. The one thing about Adams that I think he has a real advantage over some of the other wide receivers that we look at at that top end is that he is just lucked for so much in and around the goal line? Uh, you know, any any red zone passes, there's a high high percentage of Rogers' passes that are going to go to towards Adam. So, just the upside is so high, and uh, he's he's just I think he's a complete wide receiver at this point. So, I'm hoping he can stay healthy for the the rest of the season. But um, he's he's on a, a real streak, and you you mentioned in the the show notes as well that he's up to 26 points per game now at this current moment. Um, you know, and and he's he's really with that 26. PPR points per game, putting himself into uh, kind of an elite all-time tier. He
1: is, and you mentioned that he's been able to maintain that efficiency level at such a high target share. Crazy to think he's he's at thirty-four percent for this season. that so through the four games, that's a little bit above where Michael Thomas was with the thirty-three percent last year when he had a historic season. Devonte Adams thirty percent last season. The other person that you mentioned there in DeAndre Hopkins obviously had another good game on Sunday night, maintaining all of the things that we're used to from him. He is at 31% again, after he was at 31% in a very different offense last season. So we're seeing those familiar names at the top of the target leaderboard, and it's exciting to see them turn those targets into some big time points. Tyler Lockett, Devonta Adams, they're number one and number two now in wide receiver, scoring and a points per game situation let's look at some of the other big picture scoring trends going on right now column and specifically at running back and the running back injuries opening some things up right now james robinson with 137 and mike davis with 113 they're at number three and number eight at the running back position neither was being drafted with a week to go in draft season
3: So the the one difference here we'll look at obviously big picture phenomenal season phenomenal start of the season for both of these guys Mike Davis obviously with the news that Christian McCaffrey is uh, you know well on that road to recovery is going to really affect his value um, rest of season but it looks like there'll still be a little bit of room there for him to to get action but I think we're going to have a a steep decline in terms of his usage in terms of his production over the next couple of weeks. Uh, The one thing I will say is the Panthers and I think it was when we were doing one of our drafts for one of the uh, FFPC drafts that we recorded and did the podcast for. I mentioned on that I thought the Panthers were going to be better this season than we expected. I Even in my wildest dreams at that point, I didn't expect them to be as good as they have been. To the fact that we actually the last couple of weeks have started both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore in the same lineups uh, on a couple of occasions because they are doing so good uh Teddy Bridgewater's pushing the ball downfield but he's also doing that by letting Mike Davis get targets letting Mike Davis run the ball as well it's a very balanced offense at the moment but I do think that's the one downside with him is Christian McCaffrey's coming back in when it comes to James Robinson though Uh, James Robinson just looks so good Uh, I think the Jaguars are probably running the ball a little bit more than we would want to see them running it but when James Robinson's getting those opportunities he is looking really really good Uh, I've seen a graphic pop-up during that game Uh, I don't know if it stayed this way after the game finished but at one point he had the most yards from scrimmage of uh, any uh, I don't know if it was any undrafted rookie or any rookie um, at after seven games so um, like he's just been phenomenal phenomenal um so i have been really impressed with him we've talked about him a number of times um but i think that rest of season he he's he's going to be that no zero rb king for this season i think based on where he came from as you mentioned going undrafted just before the start of the season and how uh how much value he has added to those lineups um as the season has gone kind of close to the halfway point at this stage Um, so i'm really impressed with both are you kind of in agreement mike davis unfortunately his run of value is going to come to an end shortly and james robinson's value will continue to grow
1: exactly and robinson has been one of those guys who has been an interesting player to sort of negotiate trades with during uh, this time period as we're getting used to whether or not he is going to be something that stays or as they start to get some other people healthy we know just from looking at garden or Minshew and the news that Minshew might get benched in that game if he struggled that these players who come in without the same sort of draft commitment they're constantly having to prove themselves right so you see a, a player like a zach stacy who a number of years ago uh, with the rams had the very strong rookie season contributed to a lot of fantasy titles and then quickly they drafted over him, drafted over him again. He gets released. He's out of the NFL. And so if you're going to be a player who comes in undrafted and does what James Robinson is doing, then you have to be able to show it week after week after week. He'd had a couple of weeks where he'd been a little bit less efficient as a runner going in to week seven, but was very involved still in the passing game. One of the things that I think is so exciting about him and his profile is that there is more... David Johnson 2016, there's more peak Le'Veon Bell to it than perhaps people realize. And as this offense hopefully develops, they're able to use Chark, they're able to use Lavisca Gushenult, they're able to hopefully continue to develop uh, Keelan Cole. Maybe that's not a flash in the pan type of situation. And then if you get some solid quarterback play, he's in a situation where when you add the rush value, the receiving value, he really could be a long-term running back one at the same time as you're trying to make those trades and negotiating those trades and i've traded for him in a couple of leagues recently you have to be aware of the fact that he just doesn't have the same commitment to him in terms of what the team's assessment of his talent was originally that is going to insulate him against long stretches of poor play like for example a David Montgomery who you know Montgomery was not a first round pick either and so I think that's one of the things people have to realize when they're looking at him you know fantasy owners may have been higher on Montgomery than the Bears themselves even though they claim to be very high on him but the difference between someone who was drafted to come in and be the bell cow and someone who you stumbled into and and discovered okay this guy actually might be a star Those are different things. And so when we're making trades, we have to take that into consideration, but it's hard not to love what he's done. And I think the fact that he was undrafted makes it even more, uh, makes it an even better story.
3: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that's what makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast plus indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half more times likely to result in a hire. with 73 percent of online job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need just like they have for over three million businesses Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 free credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now. It is once again, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st.
0: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotovis Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next RotoViz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRadio at checkout. That's right, go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRadio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing if you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy, it only takes like 10, 15 seconds just do it
3: we'd love to hear your feedback now back to the show obviously we talked there about the Jaguars and James Robinson I know it's not something we have on the show sheet Sean but I think uh watching that game this past week for the Jaguars against the the Chargers uh Justin Herbert who somebody obviously you know going back even uh three four months when you know Superflex rookie drafts were going on it's probably even further back than that now at this point but he was somebody who was kind of going overlooked he kind of was like you know he was the quarterback after Tua went, he was kind of the Chargers took him because he was the quarterback that was there that they thought might be okay at that point but in terms of what he's done through these first couple of games in the NFL uh, I, I've been astonished with how good he's been if we look at through his game so far he's 67.4% completion over 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns and 3 interceptions like he has he has looked uh, amazing so far how impressed have you been with him and just in terms of like if we could go back and uh, draft now obviously we haven't seen two yet but how much higher would he be going in, particularly in those super flex formats
1: well when we had our dynasty command center rookie guide uh, summit curtis and blair travis and uh, tj and i all discussing him and the comment that i made was i wasn't sure that herbert should be the third guy. I didn't think there should be much of a gap, but I wasn't sure that he was not the top quarterback. Now, we know that there were concerns about his accuracy compared to the other two players coming in. And I don't think that it is necessarily a derogatory statement about the other two guys to simply suggest that there were different environments in which they were playing, right? We've seen now with Herbert the all of the things that made him the favorite to be the number one overall pick the previous season before he had the down or mildly down junior season and decided to stay in school but you have the huge arm you have the size you have the athleticism one of the things that we have seen with him is in addition to being able to hit players down the field and attack aggressively he has that scrambling ability where he's almost a little bit like a Ben Roethlisberger, but with speed. So, you know, maybe more like a Josh Allen with improved accuracy, right? So when you look at the players that Burrow and Tua had, you put Herbert in those same offenses. And maybe we're talking about him as being one of the all time great college football players. It's just really kind of hard to fathom to think about the guys who are played I mean Burrow was playing last year with Clyde Edwards-Helaire who was not even one of the better players on that offense he was playing with Justin Jefferson who wasn't the best wide receiver and Justin Jefferson at this point looks like a top 5 dynasty wide receiver not among the rookies which you know a month ago it would have been a question of is he one of the top 5 rookies but of all the players right and and he wasn't even the best player you know on that college team we haven't necessarily seen quite as much from our Crimson Tide rookies here, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs been a little bit disappointing in the last couple of weeks, but you know, they might've been the second and third or third and fourth, especially with Ruggs there in terms of players just at Alabama. Right. And so I think Burrow, what we're seeing from him is what a lot of people felt that he could do. And I think the weapons in that offense now are really pretty exciting. We're we're getting huge games from him, even with mild disappointments from guys like Mike Williams from Hunter Henry. And so, you know, one of the, the people that that you should buy, and I talked about as being a dynasty playoff winner for you, was to make a move this week for a Hunter Henry. Mike Williams, I think, is the same way. We see what Herbert is doing in that offense, and I think that anybody within that offense who's currently unperforming that you like – you want to go out and get
3: yeah and I suppose that's a perfect uh, segue Sean to, to jump into just before <laughs> the one thing I kept thinking in that Jaguars game was if we had Herbert on that Jaguars team, how much better would they be instantly? I, I know Minshew, you know, it's a fun story. It's fun to watch, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of like arm talent and pushing the ball downfield, you could see some of the receivers were getting frustrated as that came, went along. But I just kept thinking if he was in that uh, Jaguars offense, how quick that would change. Um, it would kind of be like just a, a role reversal. But when you talk about Henry, like obviously it is his knee injury, obviously should be 100% back from and recovered from that but it just hasn't really all clicked back into gear since that time there's always the high hopes when he came out uh, as a younger uh, tight end and you know we, we've seen him have those flashes have some big games but it's never just been consistent so when you look at him through kind of that playoff run that you mentioned you know the tight end strength of schedule through weeks 14 through 16 uh, they're popping up as third on that in terms of who they're playing uh, and how we could target those defenses so all makes uh, perfect sense from that that perspective but what what's your thoughts on on Henry you know the seedling is definitely there but c- can we see that in a consistent basis?
1: I don't know with tight ends that you're necessarily even looking for consistency. (laughs) You have to have guys who are in offenses that you're excited about, who have talent in and of themselves, who could be someone like a TJ Hawkinson who has been benefiting from some touchdowns in that offense, that Lions come from behind victory. Again, a situation you think would only happen to the Falcons. Their loss on the onside kick and their loss because Todd Gurley stumbled and was not able to go down at the one-yard line I mean those are both sort of one in a thousand types of losses but because Gurley doesn't go down then T.J. Hawkinson catches that game-winning touchdown I think anytime that we have exciting offenses like this and players who have demonstrated elite talent when they go through down stretches it's difficult at that point in time because the normal thought process or the normal emotional reaction is okay well keenan allen now has this extraordinary target share he's up to 31 percent on the season higher than that with with herbert and to think that okay these other guys are not going to be involved when really this is the time that we need to buy right Henry has been top 10 in terms of fantasy points over expectation in each of his last three healthy seasons. Right now he's at minus 3.9. So he's in the negative. He's underperforming his volume. We look at his stats, you know, sixth in targets, fifth in receptions, fifth in yards, but he's not doing great in terms of the touchdowns his expected points per game ranks ninth but his points per game is only 16th and so we have that gap there unless you think there's something about henry unless you think there's something about the quarterback play that will continue on into the future and for some teams there are i don't subscribe to the idea that we want to buy every single player who's underperforming their expected points because in many cases they're underperforming for a a reason that we can expect to continue but this situation with henry we love this ascending offense and as you mentioned they have this really nice playoff schedule, the third best. A couple of other schedules I would mention for Dynasty owners who are looking to make a big trade and are willing to pay. If you want to acquire some of these expensive guys, then you're going to have to give up something very significant in return. It's not just going to be you know a future third round pick. But the Kansas City Chiefs have the second best playoff schedule for tight ends. Travis Kelsey, even with the down game this week in the snow, he's averaging 19 points per game. That's wide receiver one scoring from your tight end position because he's just turned 31. He's someone that rebuilding owners might be willing to give up. And while I don't like to really acquire anyone over, you know, 26, 27, I think Kelsey gives you such a massive advantage. It's almost like playing an extra player in your lineup. And so even an elite wide receiver or running back uh, at that age, I wouldn't be that interested in, but Travis Kelsey with what he's doing and the schedule I think you want to look at whether you're going to pay that and then Hawkinson whom we just mentioned he has the fourth best playoff schedule people are going to demand quite a bounty for him he was already the number seven tight end in startups this last offseason but I think when we look at what's going to happen in 2021 he's going to fly right past Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz and I think if you look at the following year he could be up to number two trailing only George Kittle now For that to happen, the Lions will have to become a little bit more consistent. It's infuriating watching the Lions play, right? Because they have Matthew Stafford, one of the biggest arms, one of the most creative throwers, someone who, you know, very experienced at this point, knows what's happening out there, doesn't make a lot of terrible decisions. You have Kenny Galladay, who made a handful of extraordinary catches in this game. You've got Marvin Jones as sort of your deep threat guy. You now have DeAndre Swift as really, I think, the next breakout running back. We talked about him a little bit last week. I saw him go in a trade just an hour ago for Saquon Barkley. So Barkley owners who are looking to still compete this year, you know, that's maybe somebody where you can swap Barkley out for someone like Swift and feel like you're not going to lose that much long term. This Detroit offense, a lot of talent, but... The play calling, having Adrian Peterson out there, you know what they do on a drive-by-drive basis to punt so frequently, those are things that, that all raise red flags for you with Hawkinson. But if you can look beyond the current Detroit coaching staff and have the assets to pay up for Hawkinson, that could help you win this season and really set you on the path to domination at a position that's difficult to fill and even with all the injuries at running back and wide receiver what we found again consistently is in 2020 is that despite all of these potential breakout candidates people were excited about to start the year tight end is a very difficult position to fill week to week
3: yeah it's going to be difficult but i do think uh, you mentioned hawkinson there i think he's really uh you know he's showing that step forward and uh, i think he's definitely somebody who if you can acquire him, it's going to be tough based on him being so young as well but uh definitely an interesting one sean uh two wide receivers you've listed here in this in this article and obviously i'd recommend that the listeners head over and check it out but you have cooper cup who we've talked about a few times on the show but you also have one that uh, i think I'm more intrigued by Jalen Rager obviously uh, you know we've seen some of the rookies have those big plays so far we've seen them flash and again this week we've seen uh, Brandon Ayuk who we've talked about quite a bit recently Uh, another big game from him Um, he's he's looking really really good so far but Rager somebody who's obviously been on IR for basically the whole season uh, and we're going to see him start to come off waiver wires and that possibly he should have done it last week or the week before I know in that uh you know the the ship chasing team that we have with uh pete and pat uh, we have him on the bench for a couple of weeks you know to, to get him in there proactively to make sure we got him we didn't miss out but uh what's what's your thoughts on him and if you want to briefly talk about cup you can but rager is the one i'm intrigued by because we've seen this rookie class you know come in have the big plays have the splash plays look really good i think he's the the next one here because the the eagles offense is definitely missing something and i think getting rager in there could change that dynamic a little bit
1: yeah so just a quick note on cup is that he's way down in terms of scoring from last season but the peripherals are much more similar than you might realize the rams are bottom five in terms of pass plays per 60 minutes i think that's going to change a little bit the game last night so this article came out during the day yesterday and the players in it don't really change they didn't have big games that are going to make them hard to buy the Rams playing a team like the Bears you're not going to have that shootout feel that you're actually going to start to get now as they play in the NFC West Uh, we saw all three of their divisional foes put up some big numbers this weekend the Rams have the number one playoff schedule for wide receivers so weeks 14 through 16 could be a very very different cup of guy to buy you mentioned Rager he's someone that we've been very high on and it's been Difficult to have the patience to wait for him. And so whether you're in a redraft league, which I think <laughs> that he can still have a, a big impact there, as you mentioned, we've been stashing him across the board. Or if you're in a dynasty league, if you can find someone who has already gotten impatient or really needs that piece for a playoff push, they're right on the edge and you can give them something that isn't going to hurt them too much long-term. Rager, very, very interesting here. Uh, frequent listeners know that he was the number one one Wide receiver in the wide receiver prospect lab post draft. I had a little bit of concern about the way this offense was going to function. And then they did struggle, right? And you even hear a lot about Carson Wentz potentially being benched or just losing a lot of snaps in that offense there and yet we saw what they did on thursday continuing to fight they put up some big games now for players like travis Fulgham, for greg ward uh, john hightower showing a little bit of that vertical ability and rager is the guy who could come in and do some justin jefferson uh probably not odell beckham as a rookie but could do some of these really big things that we've seen from rookie wide receivers in the last several years obviously last year with aj brown uh, this year with cd lamb before the cowboys fell apart we know that the wide receivers can come out and can score right away rager has the sixth best fantasy playoff schedule those include potential shootouts with the saints with the cardinals with the cowboys if you have any confidence in this offense and in this team uh specifically i think looking at, at carson wentz but the thing with wentz is that unlike some quarterbacks When he struggles, he's not going into the shell. He's continuing to compete. He's one of these guys who is willing to make mistakes, even if it makes him look bad, in order to try and win the game for his team. So I think you have to have a lot of respect for what he's doing. And while he does maybe need to clean up his play a little bit, he's still the type of quarterback who can create big fantasy weeks. And as a fantasy owner, that's what you desperately need. And so Rager is someone who could come out, and I think very quickly overshadow some of the other guys who have had exciting stories in their own rights.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, that's gonna kinda take us to the end of today's episode of the show. As always, we'll be back with a second one on Thursday. As I teased earlier, we're gonna have a, a clip coming in from Dave Cabin, we're gonna be giving our reactions to his questions. As always, you can get yourself a ten percent discount to Rotoviz NFL pass right now. All you have to do is add the code twenty twenty RB radio at checkout. or you can go to roteviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. Obviously, that'll give you twelve months uh, subscription so it's not just to the end of the season, take you all the way through draft season, all the way through the start of next season. So don't miss out. Save yourself that 10% today. Give us a written interview on your favorite podcast app, as always does help us a lot here as well. And until we're back for another show, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Part of the article we talked about today was some of Sean's buys for the rest of the season you can check out that full piece up on rotavis.com so don't don't miss out on that head on over check out the other ones as well that uh, could be worth getting on your rosters to help you bring home a championship at the end of the season so until thursday all that's left to say is have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rodavis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rodavis Radio homepage, roteviz.com forward slash podcast. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to player, team and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to BetOnline today to take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline